Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by MyCastingFile.com. MyCastingFile, the place for talent to get their start. All right. Welcome to Talking Like Normal People, a show dedicated to talking about acting, casting, and auditions, and probably some other things, too, with people who love it. I am your host, Ryan Glorioso, casting director based in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, The future is honing his video game skills right now. Uh, He's mastering it. Um, So I'm doing this one solo again from my house via Zoom. I want to thank all of our listeners out there and our subscribers. I really appreciate you guys supporting us. Um, Please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Uh, Stitcher Premium. If you don't have Stitcher Premium, we have a promo code, Normal People, where you can get a month free. Uh, You can catch us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podbean. All right. Um, I have another digital postcard of the week. Uh, This one comes from Doug Schneider. He is uh, actually on tonight uh, on HBO's The Plot Against America at 9 p.m. Eastern. So, I mean, I'm sure you can get that in repeats. Doug's, uh, Doug tells me, I'm sending a quick reminder uh, that I'll be appearing again tonight, April 20th, in the HBO miniseries The Plot Against America, where I've been playing Saul in a recurring role. Congratulations there. Um, it's a great and timely show. Hope you can tune in. Um, he's got a nice postcard. It's got a picture of him in front of an American flag with an eagle and the show name and HBO. And it says, watch Doug as Saul recurring on April 13th and 20th. And then below that, uh, being the, you know, that it's in an email, he went ahead and put a little clip of him as Abraham Lincoln on the Seth Meyer show. So that's exciting. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and archive that one. Cause you know, I may need it later. All right. Favorite part of the show outside of talking to my guests is introducing my guest. Uh, our guest this week is a post-production producer and creative manager with uh, Hogarth worldwide and GPS is the production company as well as a voiceover artist. He has been instrumental in the creation of various television and radio commercial campaigns with primary responsibilities, including receiving all media from the company's broadcast production department and taking the product to its final stages, including CGI, GRFX, edit, color correct, audio record and mix and sound design. (sighs) Man, that's a lot. He is... Also, uh, oftentimes involved in the casting and directing for audio sessions. Please welcome one of my very closest friends in the whole wide world, Jeff Williams. <sighs> Noise, claps, yes. Um, I'm actually going to give you a little demo of Jeff's uh, demo, his voiceover demos. He's got two demos, and he's going to explain the difference. So if the first one is his commercial demo. And let me turn up the volume. Babblegum is powered by Energizer, advanced lithium batteries. Catch Ron, Keith, and Gary, and Keith's mustache. SNY, the TV home of the Mets, and more. Get your New York here. Tired of the hassle of flossing? Try new Philips Sonicare Air Floss. The quick and easy way to floss. Leaving you with a totally clean mouth feel. Introducing Mazio's new specialty master pizzas with new hand-tossed crust and five mouth-watering flavor-packed combinations, just $10.50 each. Mm. Plus $5 salad bar, all you can eat is a meal. It all started when Great Nuts showed up in our break room. People seemed more focused, 
energized. And then the multitasking started. BP, creating jobs and fueling Indiana's economy. The Babblegum Online Film Festival is brought to you by Stoli. Yeah, I'm always in a better mood when grape nuts show up to my break room. <laughs> All right, now this is his narration reel, and we're going to find out what the difference is in a minute. On a smarter planet, data matters. So for 2010, IBM brought the data of the U.S. Open to life. Meet Tom, sales director of a mid-sized business. He's in Philly for a client meeting and catches an SAP commercial in his hotel room. It gets him thinking about his own company. The animated series has seen extraordinary results. 2.4 million online video views across respectthepouch.com, nick.com, and cartoonnetwork.com. The C300 has such strong ISO performance that you can close down your iris to achieve a deeper depth of field. This can allow your backgrounds to be more present in the frame, which is especially useful when shooting against iconic backgrounds that relate to your story. How do you generate buzz for a film festival in a city that's infested with film junkies? Well, since it's New York, you begin by appealing to people's competitive side. Nice. All right. There it is. That's awesome. And Jeff, welcome, dude. Thanks. It's great to be here. I can't believe Ryan Glorioso. Jeff and I have known each other for, what, 30 years almost? I mean, it's getting, it's getting up there. One more year will be our 30 year well, anniversary of friendship. It, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, 91, right? We, yes. were, we were roommates in college. We were roommates in college. And, and we did, uh, we did a, lot of, a lot of things together, uh, acting wise and uh, crazy college kid playful stuff too. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I, I probably, over my career, have probably been in more shows with you than and like as a as a through line than anyone else. Um, I mean, I've I've been in a ton of shows, but I probably have been in more with you too. I'd say crazy. I'd say in college we were like a we were like a duo of some sort, right? Like we did a lot. I think of, so. We were like counterparts and a lot of things. Yeah, it was awesome. I we played well off each other. Yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, before we get into uh, info about you, tell me the di- tell us the difference between these two demos we just listened to. So yeah. one's a one's a commercial voiceover and one's a narration demo. Like what's what's the difference? Yeah, the narration demo is sort of a broad term. So the commercial reel is exactly that. These are commercials, radio spots, TV spots. Um, some of them are OLVs. Uh, what's that mean? Known as online video which is a social video. Um, so like the Babble Gum was for an online film festival. The SNY New York was TV. Um, the Sonicare was TV. I think there's a radio in there. The Grape Nuts was a radio spot. I think Grape uh, Nuts is my favorite. It's fun. That's a fun <laughs> one, right? It's, it's fun when you get to do a little character you know, like, and then they started moving, you know, like <laughs> you, get to, you get to add a little something. Um, so a narration reel, which is where um, a lot of work can come from, are internal videos um, for companies, for like example, that first IBM um, spot was 
you know, the, those never see the light of day. Those are for internal um, IBM meetings, maybe awards videos or presentations. Um, those are, there's a lot of consistent work in those. They don't pay a ton of money because, you know, this is all sort of non-union work. Um, but if you can book them consistently, they are, um, it's, I used to call it diaper money when I, when my kids were first born, it was like, you can really, and diapers are expensive. <laughs> and now, and now it's baseball money. That's right. Well, there's <laughs> not a lot of that either right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, damn. Well, um, but yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. there is a lot of voiceover work to be had during this, this time of COVID-19 or I would assume, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Yeah, we have not stopped um, at all. As a matter of fact, our workload has picked up because of this. Everybody wants to get a COVID spot out. Um, you know, I've already done one for Siemens. I've done one for Flonase. I've done one for, um, oh my God, I, there's too many. <laughs> Some well, I can't be, talk about. <laughs> before we get into it, um, let's, let's just find out a little bit about you. Um, sure. You can tell us as much as you want about you. Like, how did you get into, uh, how did you go from, you know, where you started to where you are now? Like, how did you get into, to this racket of, uh, commercial world business? I'll start, I'll start at the beginning of New York for me, which is sort of where I, I, cause being an actor and having been an actor is a direct path to where I am now. So I'll, I'll throw in some of that. Um, when I moved to New York, it was, you know, obviously to be an actor. Um, I knew that um, I wasn't a great enough singer or a great enough dancer to um, really hit the Broadway stage. Um, but I knew that I had some acting chops and, you know, my voice was always good. So I always knew that I kind of wanted to get into the voiceover business. Um, and I did, I, 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 the first thing I ever auditioned for in New York, I got, it was an off, off Broadway play. Um, then landed another one immediately after that, then, um, started doing a lot of extra work. Um, and that's, I think one of the things that really started to kill it for me, um, was I, I just wasn't acting anymore. I felt like there's a really good, there's a really good reason to be an extra and a professional extra. I know a lot of professional extras, sure, but it's really, it's, it's a union gig. Uh, you know, if you can get in that union as a union gig, it's good. Um, I had no interest in that. And you know, my real, um, this was the final straw. This was the final straw of me doing that sort of stuff. I was doing Saturday night live and we did, um, a rehearsal and I had a nice featured spot right next to um, Fred Armisen. I was right next to him and um, I had a great spot. It was just there, extra. And then, so for the rehearsal, I realized I was going to be a great spot on camera. And then we did the live show and they counted down literally like went three, two, one. And this guy stepped right in front of me. <laughs> <I was, laughs> I was like, (laughs) he stole your moment. (laughs) I was, I was, I was was like, I am not fighting for extra work to be, you know, it's like, this is, this is this guy's life and I don't want to do that. So cutthroat world of extras. It was embarrassing. 
Looking for voiceover opportunities? Well, our friends at voice123.com are offering a special promo to our listeners for this episode only. Between now and May 14th, use the promo code TALKING-PODCAST and receive 20% off your membership of $395 and higher. So, <laughs> so I decided to refocus on theater. And I had been in a show with um, a woman named Stacy Lenartz, who actually introduced me to my wife. Uh, she was in the, we were in my, the first show I was ever in in New York. We were in it together and became fast friends. She and I decided to, um, and her boyfriend at the time, decided to start a theater company of our own in New York, which is probably not the greatest idea in the world. But um, we, you know, we wanted to encourage new playwrights. We wanted to encourage young new actors and we wanted to have our own space. Um, you know, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade had come in. They had started their own theater. We saw that it could be done, that you could break in with the right tools. And this is right when they were closing all the porn houses in, in uh, not Union Square, in Times Square. And real estate was going for cheap and we were um, applying for grants and receiving some minor ones, but we were gearing up to, to really buy a space that would then, we would break into th three theaters, uh, one for us, if we wanted to use, we could rent them out as spaces and just become a managing company. Um, cool. That was, that was the big dream. And then not to bring it down, and then September 11th happened, and um, a lot of uh, grants dried up, and for good reason, the money was going to, to other places. And uh, it, I just, it was 30-something at the time, and I just couldn't start over again. I just felt like I had made too many right. um, changes. And I wanted to get married, and I wanted to make some money. Um, <laughs> So I had a couple of friends that were in advertising. They were producers. And I was basically producing anyway for the theater. Um, so I thought, well, this is a good idea. Um, although I, I, w I really wanted to stay on the creative side of things. And so uh, I applied and got a, an assistant editor position at uh, Ogilvy & Mather. Which is and a huge uh, firm, right? It's a huge WPP company, yeah. And they had an in-house production company called iPatch. And I started working there um, and was an assistant editor and, and actually learned quite a bit. I, I had no experience going in. They really took a leap of faith on me. I think maybe because I was a little older. Um, I, you know, I, I have no idea why. Now, when you, when you say assistant editor, does that mean like editing footage or is it editing copy of for the... For yeah, the spots? A video. It was an assistant video editor. So okay. they would bring the media to me. I would ingest it. I would log it. I would cut minor videos, um, things like that. But mostly it was like set up for the editor or do outputs at the end of the night or what are now postings. We used to make VHS tapes, for God's sakes, for people to review cuts on at the end of the night. You know, That means you're old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so um, I, I did that for a few years. And then um, the, the other assistant editor just ahead of me got the promotion to editor. Um, and I realized that there, I was sort of blocked at that point, nowhere to go. So um, I saw, saw that there was a, somebody was leaving who was a, a post 
producer and I just threw my hat in. I said, I kind of want to go in this direction because I think it fits me more. It's a little more anal. It's a little more uh, like uptight and, you know, scheduling and managing and, you know, and I'm, I'm very good at managing. So, um, so they, they promoted me and I've been doing it ever since, you know, I've, I've climbed the ranks and moved around and had a little, um, you know, I was at Ogilvy for nine years, took a break for three years to run a little audio house um, that did audio description, uh, which we can get into later, and then went back into advertising with Hogarth and became a senior post producer there, um, which is great because it, it really does, um, it fulfills me. It's great energy. It's exhausting, but it's also... Um, I, I work with a lot of creatives that trust me. So I still get creative input on a lot of these jobs. So, you know, when they can't cool. attend, I get to, I get to be their eyes and ears and make decisions. And, Did you ever think either of us would be um, scheduling and managing anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've had some crazy shit in our days. I am. I can't even, I honestly, I couldn't even picture us as adults. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, oh man. Well, we were kind we were kind of crazy. I mean, there were some <laughs> there were I some mean, we are we are crazy but tame. College they're, crazy. They're they're crazier people than than us. A faux show. So so did you did you finish uh did you get up to date with uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I right. now I'm now I'm doing, you know, big broadcast spots and you've, I'm sure you've all seen one of my hot pocket commercials or something. Hot pockets. <laughs> we all love hot pockets. I make the keto ones at home. Do they're you not really? they're not hot pocket brand. Yeah, all right. They're made Maybe out they of cheese. Um all right. So we already found out how you got into advertising. That was going to be one of my questions. Um, just for, for the people who listen to this podcast, it's primarily actors. So what is the process of casting uh, for commercial voiceovers? Uh, so depending on the spot, so or if we're dealing with radio or TV or online, um, the first thing that we'll get is a creative brief uh, for the whole spot. Um, I'm, I'm taking the larger picture to narrow down here. Sure. Um, once, once we get that creative briefing, we figure out, are they, you know, are, are they shooting the spot? Is it only graphics? Is it only CG? Is it only stock footage? Uh, all of those things sort of um, begin to sell a picture of what we need to go for. So the, f the first thing they always say is, this a male voice or a female voice? If it's a male voice, how old? Uh, how young is there an ethnicity to it? Uh, you know, there are, there are all these questions that need to be answered that thankfully I don't have to answer. Sure. I'm giving that information. Are they, so, so one of the things you said was, is there an ethnicity to it? So mm -hmm. that, that seems like a touchy thing these days with accents and like, mm -hmm. there are a lot of actors who, you know, let's say like, you know, who are Asian or, you know, some other ethnicity besides white or, or black or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, uh, or Indian, let's say that's a good, there's a whole episode of, um, what's that show? Oh God, I can't think of it. Anyway, 
there's a whole episode of a of a show I was watching where the the character main character is an actor and he's auditioning for things and he goes in for a commercial and they he does it in a he's Indian but he does it in a uh, in a you know regular standard American accent and the casting director is like yeah could do you think you could do an accent. <laughs> and, and, and he gets offended by it. So is that is that a like a thing that has to be tiptoed around in in voiceover world or is it like no we need we need a uh you know a mandarin accent or we need a you know east indian accent or Yeah no we we need those we need those you know it's like right. there's nothing there's nothing um there's nothing racist or derogatory or anything about needing a certain person to read a certain thing. Awesome. Um, I, especially, you know, uh, we encourage a lot of um, ethnicities, minorities to read. We do a lot of U.S. Hispanic market uh, sure. spots. I need somebody who speaks Spanish. And if they can speak English without an accent, they just booked two jobs. Now, can they? can an actor who is not Hispanic but speaks the language and does the perfect accent get that job? It has to be authentic. We we uh, we have language directors and language monitors that um, go through these casting files. So if you're not, if it's not real, it doesn't see the light of day. We we cut it off before. It, it so you so have don't, you don't have a team a team of experts checking if your accent is authentic. That's pretty. You know, that's pretty dope. Here's the thing: if I if I need a British uh, actor. I'm going to find a British actor. I don't need you to put on the accent for me uh, <laughs> to do that. They're, they're out there. Sure. Um, but yeah, ethnicity is not something that I tiptoe around because if, uh, if the market is selling to predominantly African-Americans, we need an African-American voice. You know, uh, we, we want to target that, that area. Um, we also want to give everybody a chance to work it sure. just it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah good good i get it that's awesome um so then did we did we cover how uh the cat yeah we got how the casting process happens with vo yeah so so let me just go back to that for a second though um so we get these casting briefs and in that will be age ethnicity um gender um, but we also always throw in a couple of outliers there. I don't know if you do that as well. Somebody, some wild think, card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody you think that would actually be really good for this that may point them in a different direction than they're, they're actually thinking. We'll th I'll throw a couple of those in like that too. But I also, I weed through, so we'll get, you know, I'll go to three or four different agents or casting facilities. So are you, are you, uh, kind of so you have a casting um a casting director vetting like a big scope of people and then you kind of weed down what they send and forward like your picks to the client yeah it can be done in a couple of ways um if it's like i'm doing this big product launch right now for gsk um can't say what it is but it'll be out in may or june okay. i've been working on this since last june i went to poland last June. oh yeah you did you went to poland is that the furthest yeah. you've ever traveled for your job it's the only time i post people don't travel but this job <laughs> was so huge that they sent me out there for three weeks that's awesome um, yeah it was it was a i don't very think we ever experience. i don't think we ever talked too much about your trip to poland 
it, it I knew you were blast. gone. That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was a it was a very long time to be there away from my family. I've never done that before. Um, but it was completely um it was incredibly useful because a lot of posts uh folks don't get to see the production side of it. And it was really um it was really advantageous for me to see that. And it actually helped me with my job. So sweet. Um that was cool. So um what were we talking about? I know. I keep, I keep getting <laughs> off track with you. Uh, so you, you have this big uh, uh, campaign that's coming out in May and we were talking about, about right uh, the, the, the commercial voiceover casting process. And Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm there. I got there. So for this project, we actually hired a casting director to do a, a directed audition because it's such a big campaign. We wanted, um, we wanted a more specific read so we could find out exactly what we wanted. Um, a lot of times I'll just call all the agents I know and say, um, can you have these people record this line for me and send this in? Then I'll go through all of those because uh, there are a lot. And then I'll weed out sort of the, you can just tell right away who's, who's right and who's not. Um, and then I'll submit probably, you know, 25 voices and they can, they can pick from there. Uh, if they don't have anything, I already have backups or I'll do another round. Gosh, it's so different from film and TV. Cause like, well, I mean, I will see, you know, 30, 40, 50 people, whatever, for a role. But like five are going forward to mm. my producers and then they pick one and that one is going to the studio for approval, you know, studio network. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it gets narrowed down past me. I mean, so I send it to the creatives. The creatives look at it. They choose four or five. They check it out with the account team who then says, hey, we like these people. That then shows it to the brand team. So by the time it gets to the brand uh. team, they're looking at four or five. So many, it's, it's a, so many creative people involved in uh, in commercials. Like everybody's a creative. It's it's what it's what makes me crazy whenever I'm working on commercials. Everybody and everything. Everybody likes to change things. I'm I'm very like locked into like like when you tell me like this is what we want. This is what we want you to do. I'm like locked in, in my head. And when it changes, like after I've done all this stuff, I'm like, you mother effers. Like, <laughs> Why well, is incredibly a- difficult to change directions like that? I'm not going to, I'm, I'm with you there. It's, <laughs> and there is a lot of that in advertising, but I think because of that, I'm used to it just because it's like, it's you're, you're expecting it to come. Okay, so what uh, what is the key to a good voiceover audition? Yeah, so most of the time they're going to have you read it twice. Do not give me the same thing t- two times in a row. If if you give me the same read two times in a row, I'm not going to submit you. You hear that, everybody? Two completely different takes. Yeah, there there has to be. It, if you can't do something just even a little intonation differently, I can't direct you. Like if you can't direct yourself, I can't direct you. So that's the first thing that I cut out. The other thing is don't make too many choices. This is not, uh, this is not Shakespeare. I don't need you to actually emote. It's like, <laughs> just, 
Unless you're doing a Shakespeare voiceover, of course. Well, if it's, you know what, if it's (laughs) called for and in the specs of the, of the casting, of course, but you know, most of the time it's, it's, it is what it is on the page. It is what it is on the page. It's, it's, uh, if it, it will tell you if you need to be over the top, it will tell you if you need to be real, it will tell you everything. And especially the words, just look at the words. And what, what part does the the copywriter of of this material play in the deciding factor of a voiceover artist? A lot. They they're part of the creative team, so it's usually uh, the creative team is usually the copywriter, an art director, and that's about it. It's usually a team. Um, so so, the co- so they're pretty they're pretty like glued to their creation, right? They don't want you oh. veering from unless it's an improv spot of some sort, which you probably wouldn't have for a voiceover, right? No, we, uh, no, we don't do that a, a lot anyway, just because there's a lot of risk of, um, you know, if, if you improv an audition and something were to change and they happen to pick up just, just out of the blue, some idea that you threw out in then an you're audition. a writer, then the mm-hmm. actor is a writer. Yeah, they could come back to you and 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 say, "Hey, this was my idea, but maybe it was, maybe it wasn't." There's, you know, it's just too risky. So we, there's not a lot of uh, improv and auditions. Okay, nice. Um, we improv. We we do a lot of improv in, uh, for commercial auditions, be just because we have very little guidance. A lot of times, like it'll just be like some storyboards that we get, yeah. you know. And there's not really there. It's just a voiceover, but they need you know actors in it who aren't speaking, but they need them to like they need to see them walk, you know. Yeah, totally. Hey, listen, I'm not I'm not anti improv auditions at all. It's just a lot oh, of I'm people. Not. I know you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I think uh, we've covered how how to determine what you're seeking by you know the casting brief and all that. Um, yeah. What are, what are some common mistakes uh, outside of not giving you two completely different takes um, that? voiceover auditioners make like maybe it's something technical or uh maybe it's something in their their acting work um yeah i think that it's there there is a need um the the comment you're going to hear most is i don't want an announcer so it's really important to talk like a normal person it, it, I uh, like the sound of that. <laughs> um, that being said, most of the time they will bring you back into the announcer world. It is commercials. Let's be honest. <laughs> so they they want somebody who can be natural that they can then amp it up. So you'll like in my reel in my reel you'll hear the um, the Sonicare. Um, that is very announcery conversational. I think that's sort of a mix of. You know, if you want a clean mouth feel, try new Sonicare Air Floss. It's, you know, it's like, it's announcery, but it's still like, you know. It's happy. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, there's three examples of of talking normal in three different levels. That's sort of the announcery side. The, um, the Mets commercial, um, on the commercial reel, um, you know, Ron, Keith and Gary and. Keith's mustache. It's like, it, you know, it's pretty conversational, but it is still a little wink in there. 
Sure. And then in the narration reel, I did a, it's really a six minute video for the Canon C300. It was a uh, promotional video when it just released. That is incredibly conversational. It's just like, hey, this is what the camera does. This is how it works. This is what you can do with it. Um, so those, those, you have to be able to hit all those different marks and yet still be conversational within them. And I think that if you are too, if you drone on too much or if um, you have to be able to speak, I mean, let's be honest, what does your voice sound like? You know, it's, it's funny because some people, everyone should try. Everyone should try. I don't want to keep anybody from trying. When you say was, you, ha you have to be able to speak, you mean you have to be able to enunciate and speak clearly? Is that? Yes. And you kind of need to sound good. If you, <laughs> if you, ha yeah, you know, there, of course. there is a character voice market out there. Um, it's not a lot in commercials. There's a lot of video games and, and cartoons and children's television that you can get into for that. I have nothing to do with that. I wish I had something to do with that. I wish I had more to do with that. I would, sure. I would really, really, really love to, to, um, work audio on a, uh, uh, like a children's TV show or something like that. That would be a dream. But if you're doing commercials, keep it centered, keep it centered. So, you know, some people, when they hear their voice, like sometimes when I hear my voice, I'm like, Oh, like what, who are you? <laughs> like, why do you sound like that? Like some people feel like that. Like this is a two parter do like when you as a voiceover artist when you hear your own voice are you like i sound really good like you're confident mm -hmm. in the way you talk and the way you sound and you don't mind hearing yourself that's a question and then b for people who are more in the in the realm of my uh issues of being like ugh, mush mouth you sound like a new orleans jet or whatever it is how do, how can somebody improve their voice like what are it, some things you can do? So yes, uh, narcissistically, I do love my voice. I, <laughs> I like the way it sounds. I think I know how to use it as an instrument. Um, I know when to have diction and I know when I can slough it off a little bit. It's like, it depends on, on what you're doing. And you I'm have sorry, to they both sounded like diction. Which one was the slough off? Oh, that is so rude. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and Ryan, I know you are like my best friend in the world, but I wouldn't cast you. You just don't, you know, you don't have that voice. Right? I don't, I don't have a voiceover voice. I don't, but I, I talk like this. I go which up is high. Okay. But I mean, there is, there is a, it's sort of like singing. Like, can you sing? Like, I know I can't sing. I know I can like carry a tune and I can sell it, but I can't sing. So therefore yeah. I'm not going to sing. If you can't do the job it, it, then don't yeah. do it <laughs> just just listen to yourself just listen to yourself and I, I don't mean physically listen to yourself just know yourself some people don't have have the best taste that's that's the issue i find like a lot of people want to do something and it you know and some people are, are great at these things whatever mm -hmm. these things are and some people are just okay you know? How much do you think that you can, when somebody comes in, am I, can I interview you as well? Yeah. Um, when people come in, how often, so you get to give them direction immediately. You get to say, 
yeah. do this, try this, do that. Can you, do you find that you can guide a lot of people to where you need them to get? Or are, are some people just, they're coming in? Yes. Well, two questions, two questions. They're just coming in, you know you're going to put them on tape and you know they're going to put, you're going to put them aside. Not to sell anybody short in the, the region um, or any of your people that you work with. But does that happen? B, do you actually call the people in you want to see or are you getting submitted and you're like, oh, again? Like, <laughs> um, so you're, the first question was, do I, like, do I bring people in knowing that I'm just going to audition them and it's not going to go any further than that, like before they do, even come in? No, do they, do you get people, like do you control who comes into you or do you get people in that are like, oh, just it's not? Oh yeah. It's not an open call. I mean, I, I control who, who gets, you know, who gets an audition for whatever the role is. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I I'll get, I'll get, you know, anywhere from 500 to a thousand submissions for one role, you know, on a, let's say like an episode of a television show show. So if I'm doing, you know, 10 roles on that episode, then I have, for the whole episode, we have eight days of prep. So I have to, you know, if I see 30 per role, that's, that's a lot, oh, you know, I do not want to act anymore. <laughs> Good God. I feel so. So, so the, the people who get the audition, who, who get an audition, I mean, those odds are really great. I mean, yeah, you're one out of 500 or a thousand for just for that one role, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then yes, when they come in, to audition, I, I generally will let them do what they prepared. Um, mm. And if it's, you know, if I see that it's not quite what it needs to be, but there is like the potential for it to be right, then we'll, we'll do another take and I'll give them the direction. But I mean, mo most times for the things that we're casting here, um, unless it's like a, a big guest star or something like that, um, it'll be pretty cut and dry. You know, it's, it's all on the page, just like you're saying with your voiceover, for the most part, it's all on the page. A lot mm -hmm. of times with, with co-star roles, you don't need to know anything else except for what's in that scene, because it's yeah. the only, it's the only time this character is going to be in this episode, this one scene, you know, right. that's a lot you're, of, you're a tool for the show to get from here to there. Yeah. You're, you're forwarding the plot a lot of times. I your ex exposition. I, by the way, had I known, had I known about regional uh, work, I would never have moved to New York city. I, I mean, would, I, we didn't have it. We didn't have it then, you know, the, somewhere did some, it wasn't just LA and New York. It couldn't have been. I remember them filming Dawson's Creek in North Carolina. North Carolina must have had some sort of, um, they uh, did. They did. You know, why, Incentives. Why it makes me so angry that, <laughs> that I, I could have been an actor. I think had I known about, uh, it, it is such a, it is such a gift for these people, um, that, that get to see you, um, to know that they, they can work and work steadily. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's a gift for them to see me. I'm saying, yes, the, the work is, is everywhere now, you know, and the, this, uh, you know, I want to pick up and, you know, move to LA, New York is, is 
I mean, I've been talking about this a lot lately. I've been doing like Instagram live and um, I did a bunch of uh, uh, one-on-ones today with people who won the monologue challenge. And like every single one of them that got on wanted to know like how they can be a local, uh, how they can work local. I'm like, move here, get a local agent, you know, like lots of people do it, you know, there is a way because, you know, a a big portion of the talent who, who work as regionals are regional or they have family here or, you know, whatever the case might be. What's the, um, what's the, what are the regions? So you've got like the South, what Louisiana, Texas and uh, Atlanta, right? Sort of that area. Yeah. Yeah. Is there another region? Like, is there like an Arizona region or yeah. is there like a, yeah. Well, yeah. New Mexico has a tax incentive as well. And it's a, it's uh, a hub of like better call Saul breaking bad was made there. Netflix has a, a studio there. Um, and then down here, you know, like Louisiana and Georgia are the two big, uh, production hubs georgia is like through the roof you know it's such a like atlanta is such a big city it's basically like it's like la almost you know um but can you break through there now can can you break through there yeah is it too busy like uh, you know the thing i love about like what what's happening in new orleans is that you can actually there's a shot you actually have a shot yeah yeah you could break through there you know because we're we um i mean i hire actors out of atlanta all the time and then likewise a lot of the actors you know from here uh work in atlanta all the time like i i love tuning into something that i know is an atlanta show and i see like three or four new orleans actors in an episode i'm like that's awesome it's amazing yeah i mean basically uh we're within 500 miles of each other and that's our um the tra- uh, with the Screen Actors Guild, there's a travel waiver uh, for, for day players um, where production saves on travel costs of hiring a day player. Like if you hired someone from LA, you'd have to fly them first class, oh, yeah. that sort yeah. of thing. I mean, you'd still fly them from Atlanta, um, but it's within a, uh, if it's within a thousand miles, you can fly them coach instead of first yeah, class. Yeah. There's a lot of savings that, that sort of way. So yeah. 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 I mean, you're, you're totally right, man. I keep saying it regionals where it's at and we keep saying that and now it's going to get flooded and all the, all the actors who've been here forever are going to get pissed off at me for, for boasting it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, here's the thing. More, more people, more work, more, more shows. More, Absolutely. It's just going to keep going. That's that, you know what, that's how I feel about casting as well. A lot of, a lot of, uh, like when I was first starting and casting is very competitive and like, you know, well, so-and-so is going to get that job and I, I should get that job. You know, it's like, like being an actor, you know? Um, but now I don't, I don't really think about that. I'm like, you know, we all, we all make our, our connections, you know, with whoever we need to uh, be connected with. And we have people that we work with and they have people that they work with and you know what I mean? Like, Right. We form our own uh, our own networks of like groups of people that we work with. So was it competitive when you were um, uh, illegally submitting headshots when you were in LA? <laughs> Shut up! Don't call me out like that. <laughs> when I had my fake management company, yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I was an actor. Come on, 
I was hustling. I've always been a hustler. Yeah, for sure. All right, back to voiceovers. Yep. What, uh, what do talent need for a home setup? They need uh, a good mic. Uh, a good USB mic will do as long as it's like I have this blue Yeti. Uh, it's actually a pretty good mic. Um, the more you get into it, the bigger setup you're going to want. You're not going to want to use a USB mic. You're going to want to get, you know, a, a more professional mic. You're going to want to just keep upping your game. For now, all you need is a good USB mic and a dampened room. You can't be in an echo chamber. It, put a towel over your head, something. Dampen the noise. So if they uh, go in uh, their closet, perfect, full, full of clothes? Absolutely. I do, I do that at home. I do can that they, at home to audition. Can they record on their iPhone or is that not? For auditions, they can. But for not auditions. For, yeah, not for, I, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything more than that for an audition, although we often get it because a lot, it's, not, it, it's not expensive to put a home studio together anymore. You also, you absolutely have to know how to record and edit either uh, audacity pro tools garage band anything like that you don't don't go throwing filters on anything but listen take your breaths out you know nobody wants to hear you know in the middle of an audition go ahead and take that out just trim it out give yourself a leg up ah that's really great advice yeah nobody wants to hear you hear you dying on uh, audio the clean (laughs) the cleaner the audition the better Okay. And and please slate your name. Please slate your name. Slate your name. And do they need other info? Like I'm with such and such agency or are there you know, contact you, info? Usually if I have their name, I can track them back. I, I, um, for, for an audition, for a voiceover audition, it can just be, hey, this is Jeff Williams. And then go into it. Um, and, and don't try to be fancy with it. Don't be like, you know, if the audition's like the slow and slow thing. Hey, be this like, is Jeff Williams. Yeah, but on on the other side, don't do this. Hey, this is Jeff Williams. <laughs> the world, we know it. You know, it's like it's just it's just say your name. So into your so I I've been talking. I've been asked uh, a question about slates. This mm-hmm. falls into the slating category. With uh, I mean, we were already talking about like if you are doing an accent, that sort of thing, and you, then you. I mean, obviously you're going for authenticity and you're going to know if someone is faking it because you have this, this group of hotshots who do their research on accents and whatnot. If someone does have an authentic accent, but it's not really their accent, they should slate or say their name in the accent, correct? Uh, I would. Yeah, I would. I would too. I mean, um, it, there's no rule against it. And sometimes people will be like, oh, what? How did, you know? Yeah, but, uh, that's, that's exactly what you don't want, right? Right. But, well, I don't know. You know, is it, is it a miracle? But here's the thing. I'm looking at you who's putting this on and I'm looking at this guy who actually who's, has it. Thank you. you. Know, it's authentic. You know, if, if you know, just don't, don't get into something you're not supposed to be into in the first place. <laughs> Just don't do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm helping people hustle here, Jeff. Come on, man. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So you told me an interesting story uh, a couple of weeks ago during pandemic time uh, of booking a, um, a voiceover artist who did the job from his house and yeah. 
which I thought was interesting. Uh, with incorporating that story, like what if someone does book a job during the pandemic that's happening now? Um, how do they actually do the job with all the social distancing? I mean, mm -hmm. what's the, what was that scenario like that you had to do a couple of weeks okay. ago? I'm going to give you that scenario and then I'm going to give you how it normally is. This was, this was, uh, actually it's not an outlier right in these days. Everything's Everything's going right now. It's just insane how we're making this work. So we have this commercial for, no, I can say it's, uh, it's out. Uh, we did this uh, really quick turnaround job for Siemens. Um, you know, it's a COVID commercial. It's about, you know, how we always have hands on everything and, you know, it's difficult, whatever. They, um, they book Frankie Faison, who is, you know, he was on the wire. He was, uh, he was the landlord in, uh, uh, coming to America. Okay. You know, yeah. He, he's, he's been around. He, he works a lot. Um, perfect voice for this, but he doesn't have a home studio. He was the outlier that we threw in, um, thinking he's perfect, but he doesn't have a home studio. We'll worry about it if they pick him. Well, they picked him. So, uh, so I started calling around and trying to figure out how to make this work. And I found this one. So I, you know what, here's how it happened. I talked to the agent um, at Innovative Artists and I said, um, how, how, how are we going to do this? And he goes, you know, I just did this thing with Andre Brower the other day where we, we hired this guy and he drove up in his car and we, uh, we set up a microphone in his car and uh, we recorded that way. And, you know, we snaked the cables down to this guy's home studio, which is a professional studio. And we did it that way. And I said, all right, we'll, we'll try. And uh, so that's what we did. Frankie drove out to this guy's driveway, pulled up on the side of the road. Guy masked and gloved, handed him a, <laughs> a microphone in the window. Um, that's amazing the cable down and, and we recorded it and um, it was it was clean it was precise it was it, we were in and out in a couple of hours and um, it, it's absurd and not only that it was pouring rain really and so the guy went out the, the guys whose house this was went out and put a tarp over the car and put towels all over the top of it. It was, it was wow. Insane. So kind of mask the sound for it or did yeah, it work? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah it worked fine. It was worked fine. As a matter of fact, we liked the sound of the audition, um, which he just did on a, a, an iPhone or something. So we actually dumbed down the recording a little bit to, uh, to match the, uh, the tone of it really so do you is that part of the casting process you ask if the talent has a home studio now it is yeah that's the only we will only cast people with home home studios um and there's there's a nice little program out there free of charge uh there is a pro version of it but it's called source connect and the free one is source now what that allows you to do is internet based connection to a studio. So we have something called Source Connect. If you have something called Source Now, you can dial in from your computer to our computer on a clean internet line, and it's like recording in our studio. Shut up. So we do that from studio to studio often. There's something called ISDN lines. Sure. Um, which is very expensive and sort of fading away because they are so expensive and hard to maintain. Source Connect allows you to over the internet, do the same thing. So I'll re we often record with people in LA 
we'll book the uh, studio in LA. Talent will go out there to that studio. They'll source connect into us. We'll record as if they're in the room and then we'll be able to edit on the spot. That's amazing. So, so do, your home do they studio, have to have, they have to have a microphone though, right? Like a night, yeah. a good microphone. Yeah, 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 yeah. You need a studio. You need, you know, you need a dampener. You need a, a buffer. You need a windscreen. You need all of that stuff. You need, you, you, you need to be a pro. You can't just, it's not like a, a cheap snowball mic will get you there. You know, what, like what you use, what you use in your podcast, those aren't, those aren't USB mics, right? Those are they, yeah. uh, they're both. They, yeah. they have USB that's plugged in USB right now, but it's also has a, like I can, like I normally record on a, um, a zoom in, recorder. Into a board. Well, I have, oh, yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. I have a board, but, uh, Jason moved to Los Angeles. And so he would like run the board for me. So now I just record on my zoom recorder and it, you can plug up to four mics in it and it's awesome. But actually I like this. I'm liking Zoom. Yeah, it's pretty great. You know, I, I, it's funny because a lot of corporations, I think, are, are like realizing, why are we flying people everywhere? <laughs> this is going to save, this pandemic is going to actually probably save the world, you know, like. Yeah, probably. Yeah. By the way, your birthday's coming up. Wednesday. On, on Earth Day. Jeff's birthday is on Earth Day. It's my birthday. What are you going to be like, 29? I think that's exactly. Huh? 29 with white hair. I love it. I'm really happy that this isn't uh, my 50th and I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not uh, stuck inside on my 50th. What is this, 49? Yeah. Nice. I went to school much later than, uh, I was older when I, I started college. You had a so pre- Ryan, you had Ryan's a, much younger. You had a pre-career. I did. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, is there anything else that uh, that our audience should know about voiceovers that we didn't? I want to. I just want to say one thing. When you book a job, this is. I think this is very important. Now that we've gotten through the audition process and the casting and everything else, when you book a job, do your job. Go in, say the lines, step back from the mic, and say nothing. Don't offer up anything let them make the decisions you don't you step back don't say i'm sorry if you mess up just pick it up from the beginning that is that's how it should be i mess up all the time you just start at the sentence prior where it makes sense don't say you're sorry and don't say you know i think i'm gonna do that again i i i I think i could do that better when they're in the room saying oh that was the perfect take now you've shaken that off now you have to redo it. You'll never get back to where they wanted it. Just sit back and be done. Do your job. That's great advice. That is great advice. All of this was was really good. I'm not. I you know we haven't. We don't get a lot of voiceover um, action down here, um, just because it's not a huge huge commercial uh, market. You know, I mean, yeah. we get we get the commercials with uh, on camera performers. Um, yeah, well, let me say this though, that with voice one, two, three, and with the, with the ability to make a home studio inexpensively, there is room for everybody in this market. If you have a home studio built out the closet, put a nice mic in, have, uh, have your garage band or whatever you want to record on, on your laptop, 
you can do work and you can make money now. That is amazing. I'm, I know that you said you would never cast me, but I might just do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> I know. You know, I keep, I keep telling Robert he needs to do that. Um, Robert would be perfect. I know. Um, yeah, we taught, we, uh, two episodes ago, we had uh, Jason, who, um, who helps me produce this show, on talking about side hustles and one of the things we talked about was voices one two three and mm-hmm. and the uh app fiverr which you can yeah. also um do voiceover work through as well you can offer up your services for a certain amount per hour or whatever um so awesome dude yeah man it's a good hustle it's it's good extra money i you know i i that pizza, that pizza commercial I did six months, uh, you know, I was on retainer for six months with them. It's like, you can get real jobs there, man. That's great. That's yeah. great. All right, dude. Well, I think, I think we're at, we've been talking for a long time. So we should probably go before people don't listen to the whole thing. So <laughs> let me uh, go ahead and thank, uh, I want to go ahead and thank Jason for, editing this together when it's all said and done um follow us on our social media um you can follow me i'm did you, jeff did you know i'm uh i'm almost an influencer on instagram now i almost get out of town i i am pushing ten thousand followers are you serious yeah in the matter of like two weeks it's insane <laughs> People want a job. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so follow us. I have, uh, I'm at Rye Glow. Um, then we're at Talk Like Normal, at Glorioso Casting, at Jason Edwards TB, at uh, Full Grown Mouse, at Justin TC underscore underscore. At, do you want to share yours, Jeff, or do you not want people following you? At Jeff Rex, J E F F R E X, baby. And then also, um, there's a couple of, of things we've been doing. Um, the monologue challenge on Instagram. Um, I have already announced the winners, but people are still sending monologues. So if you guys want to check them out, uh, just go to the hashtag one minute monologue challenge. Uh, there's like 1500 monologues on it. It's crazy. I watched 1300 of them. Um, and then I started a new series on Instagram. Um, it's called, uh, it's hashtag casting questions and you can submit your questions through my website, ryanglorioso.com. And I'm doing a video on Instagram where I answer a question each week or I don't know, however often I feel like doing it. All right. Good. You good. All right. Thanks brother. Looking for voiceover opportunities? Well, our friends at voice123.com are offering a special promo to our listeners for this episode only. Between now and May 14th, use the promo code TALKING-PODCAST and receive 20% off your membership of $395 and higher. Talking Like Normal People is brought to you by mycastingfile.com. Create a searchable profile accessible by multiple casting directors who are casting major film, television, and commercial projects. MyCastingFile.com